Alright, so what's up back on the podcast? Although the first time on this podcast, my guest was on my pod my previous podcast last year. I think that was in May. But it was during the I would say it was during the pandemic already, but another podcast. Um, and he was doing different things then and he is doing different things now all the way from the States. Uh, he is taking up a Master of Science in Journalism with a specialization in sports media at Northwestern University's Medill School of Journalism at Chicago. That's a mouthful, man. And this guy, <laughs> mouthfuls, man. Having a conversation with this guy, he'll always give you a lot of mouthfuls. Colin Sagao, man. What's up? It's, it's, been a, it's been a minute, bro. Miss you. Yeah, you, you, you moved to the States, so... You you left your corporate job and then you moved to the states. Let's go straight to it. Like, what was the timeline like here? Okay, so I think we talked May twenty twenty. Um, um, I left my corporate job at I think in um August of that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, September of that year, and then I actually quit that job with the intention of going into sports in some capacity in the Philippines. In the Philippines, right. now um, one of our mutual close friends, Micah. Mm-hmm. He 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 and I talked about a month into like be, me just being unemployed. I was supposed to just chill for the rest of 2020. Yeah. You know, I had some savings and everything. Um, and he just brought up the idea of of him wanting to take sports management in the US in like two or three years. And I was thinking, I'm an American citizen. Um, why don't I just try and go ahead and do that? Um, it, was, it was from that the, conversation with Micah. It was literally from that. I told him that when I was leaving, I told him that. I was I, I said like why don't I try and do that because oh. I wanted to do sports anyway I am an American citizen it's not going to be hard um, I have nothing better to do right now what might as well just give it a shot because it's still like within my lane it's management it, it's what we did but it's doing it in sports mm-hmm. so I started applying in October literally like a week after that conversation I was really making my my applications already mm-hmm. um, you know I you have to reflect a bit but yeah. <laughs> but yeah and then. To be honest, um, I as I was making my applications, um, I was almost done like within like December. That was like two months in, mm-hmm. and I was taking an online class on sports management. Uh, sorry, sports marketing with Northwestern University. And in the middle of that class, there was a, a speaker who's J. A. Adande, who is the director of the sports media specialization of journalism in, at Northwestern. And that was the first time, and I know him. He's uh, well-renowned renowned ESPN reporter and I was looking at him and I was just like wait this exists like I can this do sports <laughs> I could do sports for uh, um, without needing to do the management side and still su- have success wait, when and you when mean, I saw that sorry when you mean sports you, you can do sports but not the management side what, what, what is it specifically that this J.A. Adan, the guy. What does he do? He, he, he's a, he was a writer. He's worked for the Washington Post. He's worked for the LA Times. He's worked for ESPN. He's done ESPN shows. He's been all around. He was, he was on the last dance. Like he was, Ooh, okay, there he you was, go. he's that big. Like he's a reporter. And um, I was like, I can do this. Like, kaya, kaya pala to. like this is an option. If I can, I can study this. Mm-hmm. So um, I was like, I gave it a shot. I was like, what if I just apply? And it was so funny because you're usually supposed to take a, G- a GRE or a GMAT, so a standardized test. Because of COVID, those were waived. And I was allowed to apply. Um, all the lucky breaks for me. And to be honest, I, I applied for four, journal- uh, four sports management schools and one journalism school. 
But I told myself, if I get in the journalism school, I'm going to take this. That's the sign. And I didn't even tell anyone. I told my two sisters and, and my best friend. And that's it. I didn't tell my, fa- my parents, nothing. And then all of a sudden, like four months later, this was like late April, I got, I got accepted. And I was like, yo, this is it, like for sure. And luckily, my parents were super game for it. Okay. And yeah, that's the pivot. Did you tell your parents when you got in? Huh? Was that the first time you ever mentioned that? Hey, I <laughs> thinking of studying in the states. So, so that's a good question. Like, I was, I they knew I was applying for the states, but they thought I was gonna do management. So the whole time they were thinking I was gonna go to either New York or San Diego, depending okay. on where, where I was gonna study. But my application for Northwestern, my results were super delayed because of a COVID-related uh-huh. issue. So I had to tell my dad, like two weeks before the results came out, I was like, I have to tell you something and all of that stuff. But luckily he was like saying that he's super happy with it. He's super okay with it. And yeah, it worked out. Like the moment I got accepted, he was like, is that what you want? And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. (laughs) You're, you're 25 years old now, no? Yeah. Do you think that that, that scenario, that major surprise, Oh, I'm going to move. I'm going to, you know, change my, change my life at least for, for, for the next few years of that. Is that a conversation you think that would have been totally different if that happened like a year and a half ago? Like who you were at that age before the pandemic? Or do you think like that's just how your family goes? I think like if you're talking about it in the context of personally, I think the pandemic definitely changed it. Like definitely changed my perspective. Like that's the reason I quit my job in the first place. It wasn't necessarily to go to journalism, but it was was to go to sports. Yeah. And I wouldn't have, I don't know if I would have quit my job that quickly. I didn't want to stay in my job, but I definitely say that the pandemic expedited that that mindset and that process. Uh-huh. When you say expedited, um, does that mean sped up or sped up? Yeah, for sure. Like, because I quit in August. That was like what four months into the pandemic. I mean, uh-huh. at the time it felt long, but in hindsight, <laughs> but that's like oh, that was just a start. But uh-huh. no, um, for sure, like it it really made me just be like, yup this ain't it and I think that happened for a lot of people I mean in fact here in the US I think I think there was a report by the New York Times the other day or or a big publication that like it's Mm -hmm. the most um, people who've quit their job in like decades and it's during a pandemic yeah exactly that's why it's it makes people think yeah and that made me think that it's not like you can just assume that that statistic of how there are more people who, who left their jobs the corporate jobs that it, it's real because in the pandemic, you'd think I, I would, my first um, expectation was, oh, it's going to be hard to have a job. So if I do have a job, I have to hold on to this because I don't know what's going to happen. But I feel like it's also with the people who could afford to make that choice, to yeah. make the decision that they really got to think. We really got to think of what is it that we yeah. really want to be doing. And like, since you're kind of disconnected with the world, I feel like the, the worry of what other people will think of what society expects you to do I imagine a bawasan since yes. it's just you naman ano, thinking about this. Eh? Yeah. So when you look at that decision that point. you made and how everything just kind of, like how does it look like now? Parang it was like a, around a year in the making this whole, um, th- this move at least for you. For you. It, it's done, you were in the, I would say the, the prototype of ME, Ateneo grad, corporate job. Like there is that expectation to have that type of life. But now looking back, it's been like a year. How, how, what does it make you think? Well, first, I, I, I wanted to kind of circle back to what you said and say, like, it would be very disingenuous for me to say that privilege wasn't a part of this. Uh-huh. Like, 
being privileged and and having that luxury of you know generational inheritance and wealth given by my parents and by my family it definitely plays a part and that's something that you recognize that's something that you should recognize mm-hmm. um, and it's just a matter of yeah and 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 that's what i'm saying like if you recognize it and you know um how to you know optimize it ultimately like that's that's something that you should do and that people mm-hmm. in your position would if they could and it's a matter of how you can make an impact with that decision you know you could yeah. talk about you could go on and on about how you feel about a capitalist society and how that affects <laughs> it but ultimately like that's how it is right like if you have this how can you optimize what you have uh-huh. um so that's the first thing and that's what went into me making this decision um and when i look back like a year uh I remember having this conversation with Doming, one of our best friends, one of our mutual best friends. Who was also a guest on this. Who was also a guest, yes. And I think I think he did mention it in his podcast too. It's like, it, re- it was really just a matter of defining my own success. Uh-huh. Like, and you, you, you also alluded to it earlier, the idea that um, people will judge you before because you always see people. Yeah. But, but you generally they're always judging you. And gen and but generally, I think it's one. It's a factor of when you work and when you start working, you're away from like always seeing the same people in college and what they'd think. So you're a little bit removed from that. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic comes too, where it's like you're really away from everyone. And um, you know, it 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 really made me realize like, what do I really want to do? How do I really want to define that success for myself? And ultimately, I think that people are going to support you. You just don't. Um, you just don't know, uh-huh. or you're just afraid to make to, to know what they're how they're gonna react. So you assume. So yeah. um, one example was I was so afraid to quit my job because I was up just about to get promoted. Like I was literally from actually I was already official. Like I wasn't officially promoted, but, but I was already promoted. Okay. Like told that I was, and I was so scared to quit. Did and then when I quit. It, it, it actually, I think it ultimately made me speed up that decision because it was like, wait, do I want to oh, really commit to this? Okay. The, yeah. the decision was clear. The choices were clear. Yeah. And, and it, was, it was crazy because these were mentors of mine that I had to, to say that I was going to resign. People who have impacted yeah. my life. Shout out to um, Jayan and Bea if they, if they listen to this. But mm-hmm. um, they, they really impacted um, my life so much that I wanted to stay for them and yet parang I, I had to tell them um, yeah. even my other bosses that are also great to me um, um, I had to tell them and literally every single one of them was like if you're gonna do this for sports do it like that's great man just do it and that's when I was like wow like people really care about you people yeah. really will want it and you know, I had another boss, um, uh, Melvin. You know, if if he's gonna if he listens, he's gonna. Um, he told me straight up, like, if I were as basically privileged as you at your part at go that it. part of my life, I'd do that too. Yeah. So do it. Yeah. So but I think. Yeah. I think though that the 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 aspect that you mentioned that people really support you, I think that it has to start though with you. It has to start with you believing in yourself and. Because it, mm-hmm. it's always nice if you hear someone do, do something out of the ordinary. Like if you ha- if we have a friend who says, I'm gonna study to become an astronaut, like that's like, whoa, solid do that. But yeah, if he's yeah. not sure about it, like it, it you know, it, it's it's not enough to rely on 
the support of others. Like I think the more the, like it has to start with you. That you have to really believe it. And yeah, I, what what I'd mean. say from from my from my standpoint on that is, I I think I always kind of believed in myself, but then. Um, and this is what I'd, I'd say to, to you and to all of our friends and to all the people um, that, that, that have, like, I've crossed paths with in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I kind of knew I had this like, special passion for sports and like, it was different from most people, I, one, I didn't think it was a possibility. And two, I, I just thought now, okay, but I might just be a regular, like, regular at it. But it was through you know, since grade school, like random people would go up to me and talk about basketball or talk about uh-huh. the NBA, like people I don't talk to. Or, you know, someone in college would walk up to me in a coffee bean and I don't talk to that person. And that person would just be like, oh, by the way, I read your article. I really liked it. Something uh-huh. like that. Those types mm-hmm. of re- reaffirmation, like affirmations were what ended up and ultimately led me to, to being like, I, I can be this good. Like you can believe in yourself for sure, but you kind of need that affirmation. And there ultimately the biggest affirmation for me was getting accepted to Northwestern. Like that was it. Like when I got in, I was like, yo, okay, you, you can do this shit. I have a shot. Sorry. That's nice. That's nice. It's the, the opinions of other people. I think there's always this, this narrative, this, this, this struggle and effort to go away from caring about what other, what other people think. Like it, it's sort of human nature that I always worry about what other people think. Yeah, but yeah. it's human nature to, to it, think about what other people think. And you can use it I to agree. your advantage in the sense that I'm guessing when you, correct me if you're wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, like in those months where you were thinking about, am I going to go for this? Am I going to leave my family, the country? I'm going to pursue this. And you looked back at your life. And then were you, like, is it because like you were reminded about, oh yeah, you had this random batchmate told me this or oh I got this we had this talk and yeah like it, it's those they kind of served as building blocks to ultimately that's make you parang, believe in yourself and that's like over decades like the two like I'm 25 that's yeah. literally over the last decade and a half of my life that built up to this moment yeah it's I, yeah, I so, just watched sorry um last ahead, night I just watched this do you know the movie rocket man um yes I saw you watch that and I was going to reply to you I said that's it, a great film it's a great movie but the thing though that I have to disagree with the story of Elton John like if if you if, if you guys haven't watched it but it's the story of Elton John how he became the success he is and there's so so many challenges he went through. like family life was really really bad he didn't really have any friends like, it was it was it was a recipe for disaster but he still became successful. Now, I see this type of so- story so many times where against all odds, the hero prevails. Like, what that? I-, I watched an interview recently. Like, he's 70s already. And he was saying that he doesn't know why he's so good at it. Like, he just hears the music. He can't explain it. It's a God-given gift. Mm-hmm. But if I think I was growing up with that sense of what is my Elton John music? About? What is my prowess? Like, I... I, I can kind of play basketball. I, I like to talk. I like to dance. Like these are things that, but I was there was never that clear cut. Now, oh, this is what you were meant to do. Like Elton John in front of a piano as a kid, you'd be like, this guy, you better fucking play the piano or else sign your buhay mo. But I think the the struggle is, and I think that I want to ask you how you kind of how else how else did you get to make this a decision this because even if we're twenty five now, you know anything can change, but. To make that decision, even for young, is already a huge deal. And I want to know, I want to get to understand more. How do you get to that? Because it's not 
I think reality is it's not we don't have that one thing on the part. Oh my God, I'm so good at this. It's so easy to see. You have to analyze how you have participated in school, how you like what makes you happy, yeah. how you deal with the people around you, who you surround yourself with. So how else, if you can remember the like, how else did you ultimately ultimately know that know enough at least for you to take this path? That was a long monologue. No, no. Go I, I super I super everything was coming to my mind when you were when you were saying that. Um so I, I always say like there's a mix of idealism and pragmatism that takes place when you have to make a decision. Please when I had to make this, this this decision. Um so you know, I um you you know me, like for most of college I sang, right? That was mm-hmm. like music was something that I did a lot. And I, I got chicks. a lot of I'm just kidding. You, you music <laughs> well, you know, nice. real talk. But so, but it helped for pragma- dancing also. I mean, <laughs> so you, you get it. You know, I've been yeah. with Joe the last few days. Like, we, we, we get it. <laughs> you get but, it. You get it. Um, no, but really, like, I, I got a lot of praise for, for doing music, but I was also pragmatic enough to understand, like, that wasn't going to be, like, I wasn't exceptional there. Like, I wasn't mm-hmm. going to make it a career. Um, mm-hmm. The reason I mentioned that is I always ask this question to most people, and you can answer it. Um, if, if you want as well after after I talk, um, I ask if everything were controlled, if all factors were controlled, skill, money, privilege, everything, what would you want to do with your life? And my answer is always theater performer. Until now. <laughs> like that, that's my answer. Yeah, until now. But I recognize that I wasn't given that skill. But what did I get from that? I recognize that what I really liked doing was being able to convey and some something to people, give mm-hmm. them this certain emotion and convey something that I can communicate. And that, and like have an audience. That's what journalism gives me. Yeah. Um, but it's just a more pragmatic option that's like one or two steps down from where I really, my 100% life goal. Yeah. But I couldn't do that in, I didn't feel that in marketing. I didn't feel that. And now I have other reasons to want to be a journalist. Like I really want to cover women's sports. I really want to push those passions, mm-hmm. you know? And when I saw those different parang, me, forms of meaning um, and found the pragmatic side of it and found like uh-huh. what I really wanted to do based on that question I just asked you, um, parang, it kind of made things easier. But mm-hmm. to kind of put the cherry on top of that, it's still really scary. Like, yeah. I'm still in a position where it's like journalism in one of the best schools in the US and they're still telling you like, hey, like you're not assured of a job right after uh-huh. this. Like you're not, you have to work hard and you, some people end up going back into marketing and something like that. Uh-huh. So ultimately, like we are all afraid of what's uncertain. But yeah. it was just for me, it's like, I don't want to see myself in 20 or 30 years not taking a risk that I could afford to take. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least you tried. Yeah. But ultimately, it was really more of the like mixing idealism with pragmatism. Okay. Uh, thank you for bringing that up again. I was just going to say, um, if anybody there is listening who is like me, pragmatic, I've heard this word. I just checked the dictionary. It's an adjective. It means, which means dealing with things sensibly and realistically in a way that is based <laughs> on practical rather than the, besides it means you're you're being you're being realistic. And I think that's something pra- that's practical. There's there's two things. The, the first one I was gonna say, when you mentioned the women's you want to get into women's sports, this is like a newfound passion and and interest in yours that 
you didn't know you had before you thought of taking this journalism path. Am I correct? Um, I I'd say it 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 was like built down there, but like because uh-huh. I I covered women's sports in the Philippines, but yeah. when I came here and I saw like how much more opportunity there is, how much growth there is, like oh, you know, opening yourself markets. to new horizons. Yeah, yeah, opening yourself to new horizons. That like it really because they don't cover women's sports in the Philippines much, except for volleyball. Mm-hmm. And like, um, but I had so much respect for women's sports because I covered sports and I have two sisters who are more athletic than me. <laughs> so, so I'm there. I'm like, why do people not pay attention to this? And now that I'm here and I get to watch the Chicago Sky who are in the WNBA finals right now. Did, did you watch? Are you watching? I'm going to watch them win the, fa- the championship in three hours. Um, wow! What a wow! I'm not gonna watch live. I'm not gonna watch live. Sorry, I'm gonna watch them on TV. It's, it's too expensive. It's too expensive. You um, about to ask? No, but but no, I'm gonna watch the, um, them win. And it's just like you know, um, there's so much opportunity here. There's yeah. so much like I don't understand why people don't cover this. And there's so much reason to to care. So That's nice. But I get to watch them on ESPN. Like I get to watch them on national TV mm-hmm. when. You know, in the Philippines, like they don't show any of that. Yeah. So, um, if I can move that to the Philippines, then cool. But ultimately, I want to help that, and I wouldn't have discovered that, uh, like this, you know, passion that's been down here if it wasn't for, you know, me being more exposed to it yeah. and taking the risk to come here. Yeah, I I brought that up because I wanna I wanna touch on the point how when it comes to following your dream. I think I because I, I I related that like with how I end up in podcasting. Like, you know, I, I started with dancing and then I went, then yeah. it sort of translated to hosting. And then now I'm in podcasting. Like it's when you stop doing one thing, you take on this new skill or this new job, it doesn't mean you're changing dreams. It's just you're kind of like fine-tuning it and you're like, wait, what is it I really like about this one activity? And it's yeah. nice because th- this whole women's like, you know what? I I I don't want to jinx it, but what if you become like the you know, in the NBA, there's Doris Burke and you can be, be the yeah, Paul yeah, yeah. of the women's um, sports. <laughs> like, that's a dream that's totally, that, like, if you think, Colin, oh, the women's, this women's sports guy, but you go back to that first dream you had, which was theater performer. That gets so different, but it's through that journey of trying out the theater job, uh, that, that theater dream and being, okay, dito para sa akin. But what is it about that I love? Went to journalism. And then you find these different, like, you, you, you and I seen, I, I like to relate it to love life, for example. I'm a believer that you can have many, like you can have many soulmates. Like there's not just one person destined for you in the same way yeah. in a job. Like you can be totally successful and happy in one job, but it's a different type of success and happiness if you yeah. try out this other job. Yeah, and to that point, like I wanted to do theater because I could have made people happy. I could have you know, made people, like, inspired people to be theater performers, to sing, to give, mm-hmm. you know, this this entertainment. And then, but that's going to be kind of just altered to, I can raise, you know, basketball. I can raise uh-huh. Filipino sports. I can raise women's sports in some type of way. You just have to find it. And it's going to, like, you know, you can look back. It's something that you can look back on in 20 or 30 years and be like, yo, because, you know, who, who, what did, like, just ask yourself what you wanted to do five years ago. Like, was it, yeah. was it different? But, you know, you could still f- figure out something. Yeah. And it, it, I think it's just more like not getting stuck um, and be, not being afraid to, to try if, <laughs> with the caveat, that you, you have can. the privilege to and that you can afford yeah, to. You can afford, yeah, yeah. It, it goes down to that. And w- one thing I want to touch on that is that 
I I grew up also. I would say in Metro Manila, I'm I'm I am of a privileged background. I'm blessed with what I have. But a lot of times I feel guilty because if you talk about privilege, it's always like a something. I don't deserve this. I was just born in this family. Like I didn't work for what yeah. my parents accumulated through the decades, diba? Right? But yeah. if you're in that situation, like this is why I really look up to you mga children of business owners who still do their own thing, but yeah. Parang it, it they sure. still kind of it it's you can see that oh you're doing this because your parents your parents kind of did this thing like my example is is Ganstan our 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 budget. he his parents own a furniture company and he was working with that company with um Las Palmas and I would imagine like, seeing him in college I was I was thinking like oh he's probably gonna like, take over the company or you know just just work there what he did is he made his own company that is like now it's more in design but it started off as furniture yeah. and it's like th- this dream like it's There's not just one thing you're supposed to do, yeah. and I want to. Uh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Before I ask, for me, it, it, it's also just like I, I won't even stray for, uh, stray far away from from sports. Like, look at LeBron. Like, mm-hmm. he's he's built, made millions, billions of dollars, and he has like what he's doing is he's gonna make a school because ultimately it's like I've ge- generated this money, I've set my family up, but what am I gonna do now? Like, like how am I gonna give back? Mm-hmm. helping out HBCU. Yesterday I was watching a video of Donovan Mitchell and he it was a GQ video about how he spent his first million dollars. Okay. The first million dollars he ever made. Only 9% of it, 90,000 did he spend on himself. Mm-hmm. The rest the rest was like half of it was for his family, so generational wealth, and then the others were giving back. So my point lang from that is like you 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 do what you can to set yourself up, and then it's a matter of how you use that uh, moving forward to help other people, help your family, and all of that. Yeah, you mentioned how in 20, 30 years, like you want to look back at this moment and be like, you know, what? I'm happy I did it. So it could be totally possible that you are doing in 20 years, you'll be doing something so completely different from what you're doing now. Have you accepted the possibility that this whole thing fails? Like it's not meant for you. Um, you spent a lot of money and time. Like, has that? I'm sorry to bring this up. It's so early. No, no, in no, your, no, no, no. It's, it's been a, a good, month. It's, it's a good. Yeah, yeah. I wanna. But then we're friends. Like, I, I, I don't feel that <laughs> shy to ask this. So, oh, yeah. have you asked yourself that? Um, I think my answer. Yeah, I've asked myself that. Yes, and um, <laughs> I've. I would say that I have not fully accepted like it would be disingenuous mm-hmm. for me to say that i've accepted that you know like for me to be like oh like one month in like oh, yeah this isn't gonna work mm-hmm. like or like this might not work but at the same time it would i don't think i'm going to be like so so one one of the pragmatic ways i thought about it was i have a management background and i worked at a big american company right so if worst comes to worst I have a master's degree from Northwestern and I can go back into marketing. Kind of like what, you know, our friend Joe is doing, which is he wants to do film, but he's still working he's within the health, health sector because he has a health science degree. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I can do, that's the pragmatic way. Now, your question though is more of just like, can, will I be satisfied or happy with myself in 20 to 30 years? I don't know. It's, like, it's, to it's yeah. tough for me to say. But again, it's like the uncertainty is what we're all afraid of. But mm-hmm. it's more of like kind of embracing that and just being like, we'll see how it goes. 
but yeah. I'd rather you know have tried than have not yeah. tried. Ooh. And if and if the worst case is that it doesn't work out for me, I'm like it's it's giving my kids that chance to do that. Like my dad, the reason why he's so happy about me doing this is because my dad grew up in the province and uh-huh. he wanted to do theater. He wanted to oh. be an architect. He wanted to do these artsy stuff. And he couldn't because he needed to make money. He became an accountant. He gave me the opportunity ultimately to be able to do this. And that's why he's like, go, go do what you want to do. And that's ultimately how I guess I'll justify it in the end if I'm unable to succeed, like get uh, to succeed in this field. Like you, you, you got to try for both of you. Yeah, and ultimately, like in the U.S., like if 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 I'm not able to succeed, at least like in journalism, in the, like I can uh, make money easier. Like I'm assured of being able to just be like I can live middle class and be fine, and ways. be able to send my kids to school and all of that stuff. Yeah, when we when we talk about success stories like Steve Jobs, but they they dropped out of college. Like it's it it sounds so sexy that oh I'm gonna I can drop out of college because I'm gonna go on Steve Jobs eh. But actually, the more practical way is to do the less risky one, which is whatever you have, whatever you have, like um, some expertise in, or whatever you have, that use that, do it, and then use it to, to make money. And then your other time, that's where you test out this dream. That's where you test out the. So when it comes to like when it comes to like very out of the ordinary types of jobs and those careers, like you, it's kind of hard to just jump into it all out nagade. Like it, it, it would make it would make sense for you to yeah. be able to still be comfortable and like okay, I still am secure with my, with my you know finances with the buying the things I need to buy, and I get to test this thing on the side. Yeah, and and I'll I'll give you the I'll give you like a journalism example for like uh-huh. what you're basically trying to say because I I also believe that that idea of like is very romanticized the idea of um, either you drop out of school or. Oh, you don't technically need to study this. You know, they they tell journalists like only fifty percent of you like you don't necessarily need to go to journalism school, which is mm. sort of true to, to to be a journalist. You don't necessarily need to go you to journalism school. You can write if you know how to write. Yeah, but here's what I'll tell you. Look at ESPN. If they're if they're not a former player, they're Pablo Torre is a Filipino on ESPN. He studied in Harvard. Mina Kimes is a is a Korean on ESPN. She studied in Yale. Um, Stephen A. Smith, journalism. Um, Max Kellerman, Columbia journalism. Uh, Rachel Nichols, Northwestern journalism. Mm. Like, oh, she's from Northwestern. You know, yeah. Uh, uh, Greenberg, Mike Greenberg is Northwestern journalism. Like all of these big time ESPN people, they're either former athletes or they studied in some big school. Yeah. So it's like, as much as you want to say that you can, and, all, and I'm sure you can. Like that, it there really is a way, yeah. But there also is the more practical way. That's for you know when you have privilege. Like there really yeah. is that 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 way. So it's just a matter of how you get there. Not really the journey anymore. Yeah. If you can, you know, it's like, get it done. It's like in basketball, you don't need to attend a good college program. If you know how to play basketball, you know how to play basketball. But if you look at everyone in the NBA, like. They're all from from they're all they all come like almost all of them come from good programs like you. Man, I, don't the, the, don't, the, don't throw shade at Dame. 
Oh, hey, but I mean, like the fact that the Weber State. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there, there are those no, no, some, some, you. some of those. Um, but the statistics are there for a reason. Like if you, if 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 you can, if it's in your your prowess and your capabilities and and your reach, then go take the safe route. That's what I'd say. Go take the safe route. For sure. Like look at um, like all the dookies in the league. You mm-hmm. know, Tatum, Zion, Kyrie. All right. I want to ask the man, what is something that you have discovered and realized that it was only because you're doing it? Like, that's the only time you had, oh my gosh, either good I did this, either bad I did this. Like, what, what, what comes to the top of your mind? Um, well, in terms of like good or bad, um, I guess, no, honestly, the first thing is really just like, yo, yo this is really, I enjoy going to school. Like, dude, like, I enjoy going to school. Like, yeah, when have I ever said that in my life? Like, I had never enjoyed mm-hmm. um, going to marketing class. No offense to people who do. Like, I, it's just not ever been mine. What's so, different though now? I Okay, so my, I'm studying, like, I have classes where, my, my, where I'm studying sexism in sports. Mm-hmm. I have classes where I'm studying the history of discrimination in sports. And for me, it's like, I care and I feel like these topics are relevant, things that we've never known. I have classes where our homework is talk to a random person on the street, interview them, and then write a story about them. You don't have, it's not gonna be published, but you you have to do that. And or we learn about we learn about things like false rape stories that were written, or and why okay. those are so those are so uh, terrible for rape victims who mm-hmm. actually have gone through those things. So I guess my point is just like, what I'd say that I've discovered, it, it's not on the negative side. It's really all on the positive side. And what it is, is just the power that media has um, at, at any level. It can be a, mm-hmm. a 2 million, you know, of uh, something that's viewed by 2 million people on ESPN, or it can be, you know, a podcast. Um, and it has so much value. Like we talk about the difference between saying like ra- racist, um, and something like um, like racial slur, like what's the difference between those two things? Okay. Or, or calling Donald Trump a liar and what that entails and what that means versus ca- saying what his statements are false. So like the power of those words mm-hmm. and how crazy that is in driving narratives and driving polarization, yeah. like it's so huge, especially if you work for like the Wall Street Journal or something like that. So. Yeah. It's been incredible, to be honest, to see that here. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I would have never discovered. Unless you went there. <laughs> and, and I've only discovered in a month. Yeah. When you go, when you, with, with these lessons if you, that you've learned, and you think about the, the media climate in the Philippines, are there things that you've realized also? I want to pick your brain on that. Like, are there, the, the wording is very important. Like, you can see the different news stations when they report on, let's say something about the Dolgamite Beach. Like you can tell that this company, the way they talk about this thing, like it, the wording is different. When you when you look at the Philippine, when you remember the Philippine climate, has there any has there been something that you kind of realized? Uh, so I always go back to sports, you know, because that's that's really where I specialize on. Uh-huh. And I I work, I was I never like really um, worked as a journalist, but even in my time there, like, um, you know, I'll give this example to you, like. You know how you were like saying that 
you were shy to ask me that question earlier. You would have been shy if I wasn't your friend. You know what I mean? Like in the US, they're going to ask you that question. It doesn't doesn't matter. Like they're just going to ask you that question because that's journalism. You know what I mean? Like that's just like, you don't be afraid. And in the the Philippines, you're always confined by, because you're scared. And you're scared about the reputation that you're going to have. And that's not to say that there's no politics and none of that here in the US. There is for sure. ESPN and the NBA work together. They're literally partners. So like they can't, ESPN can't throw shade at the NBA. But what I mean to still say is that there's still a level of like, we can talk to you. And that's something that in, in my, in being in sports media in the Philippines, even at the capacity that I was in, I couldn't do that. I couldn't say that, you know, I'll tell you like what the PBA is doing is trash. Like why everyone's leaving for the Japan B league. Like nobody's legit reporting, legit reporting on that. Like how many people are legitimately writing how huge that is? No one. Because no one has the guts to do that. Um, so like, and, and the thing is, it's not just the reporters that don't have the guts to do that. It's like, are the players going to talk about it? Mm-hmm. Because they, 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 they're too afraid because of the, politi- the politics involved too. Yeah. You know, I've had conversations with, with, with people that, that they're, they're not going to say on record, you know? So it's like, uh-huh. there's no point. Um, with, with, this, with, this whole, with this whole figure, beat, I want to talk about that also. In, in a sense, although you're not playing the sport, um, you're, you're writing about sports. You're going to be you're writing about sports and you also took your talents you know, overseas, <laughs> but here it's more. I mean, it's not. It's not. I do. I. I can't think of the top of my head. I can't think of the the best sports journalism school, if any, here in the Philippines. And it's just very clear that it's like saying if you want to play basketball, the basketball courts aren't nice in the Philippines. Like it's all cement and outdoor. It's in the states yeah. where they have nice wooden in their courts. It's it's like that. So it's it's clear. It's easy. But these figure there are a lot of Filipinos. It started with thirty. Am I, if I'm not mistaken, you see the first one that, that went to the, yeah. the B League in 30. Japan, and then now other players are going. Um, I I I know that you have. I'm not gonna ask you to divulge your sources, but I know that you know stuff, and you are interested in the in these stuff. So can you can you um describe it for the the average basketball fan? Who probably watches NBA, UAP, gets to see some PBA stuff, but we don't really follow it. Like I, I still understand until now. Don't really understand how there's so many cups, and sometimes like, oh, <laughs> but this one, like the 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 foreigners can play here. This one you can't, and then, and yeah, then yeah. oh, they're categorized by who owns the companies. Like I, I, I don't, yeah, know, yeah. I don't. And, but with the whole Filipinos leaving, um leaving the country, playing abroad, what does that mean? You know, it's it's literally just a publicized version of OFWs. Like, why do OFWs leave their country? That's, that's right. That's right. That's like It's really just that. Like, I think I, I was on my group chat. I kind of just skimmed through it. But I think there was a report. I, I don't want to super verify this, but it was something about how like Japheth Aguilar is being offered. I, I literally skimmed through this just now. But like he's being offered or something. And like it's like times three of his salary or something to go to the B League his, mm-hmm. of his PBA salary. And the, the fact of the matter is it's really in large part due to your pay. Like it's just that. Labor pay in the Philippines is absolutely trash and that's not something that you know like that's not something that we we, we can just 
um, that you can skimp over. Like it's true. There's a reason why BPOs are huge in the country. Um, and beyond the mm-hmm. actual money that you make, it's also the lifestyle and the cost of living. Um, cost of living in the Philippines way cheaper than in um, Japan or in the US. That's the, the counter argument of everyone. Tell you right now, I was working for a massive company in the Philippines and I w- and I still could barely survive on my own if I tried if to... with that with that money. You know what I mean? So it's really just comes down to that. Like money and then opportunity because the B League is going to give them a bigger stage. The B League is going to market them well and they're yeah. they're sick of politics. They're sick of the politics that come with the PBA. They're sick of all of that stuff. I'll give you an example. The peop- I don't know how much people have talked about like how the PBA was restricting these players from going. Uh-huh. Um, I'm I'm not the best at knowing what the rules are now, like how because you know Kiefer's there now and stuff. But WNBA players have been playing their off seasons in Europe since the beginning of time, like they, since the so beginning of the twenty. They really play in more than one league. If you search um, any WNBA player, like Diana Taurasi, the goat. Uh-huh. She's going to have Euro teams on her Wikipedia because they play for Europe teams because their season is only like three or four months. So oh. they should be allowed to do that. Why doesn't the PBA do that? It's so easy for the PBA to be like, okay, for one season, but they, they have just the season just keeps going. That's why. It's but, around though. Yeah, but the fact that they're not doing that or they're not improving their product either yeah. to keep the to, to generate more revenue to be able to pay the players more. more that's another aspect so there's so many factors but ultimately for me it's like this is just a microcosm of labor pay in the Philippines and it's just that it's finally taking effect to people who yeah. actually have a huge public uh, who are huge public figures yeah it happened because it's happening in basketball and we all Filipinos this is what happened to basketball. nursing in, you know tw- 20 years ago yeah. you know wow all right so anyway last thing i was going to say about the whole basketball thing is that that's what just the the fact that no one knows about this that really shows the power of media and and telling stories that these are stories that aren't being talked about so that's why we don't that's why we don't know these is it in exactly. your goal is it in your goal um you study you're studying for just one year right one year yeah and then do you, do you have any idea like what steps are you planning to take after? Yeah, so that's the one that's a little bit vague in my mind still now because yeah, and it's been a month. Um, I, I still like I'm talking to the career services of the school this week mm-hmm. just to try to get like some perspective of what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think it's still semi starting from the bottom, you know, semi like yeah, I don't care if I have to cover some team in like suburban Iowa. If, if it means like, um, you know, getting experience and then hopefully working somewhere else. But I do really have a passion for like, like my end goal is I want to make an impact either for Filipinos or for women or either way, like some sort of that. Like, um, I, like just seeing stories that, that can be told. Like just for example, if the Chicago Sky win the WNBA championship, um, that's going to be the first time in WNBA history that a married couple is going to win a championship. Their starting backcourt is married. Isn't oh, that insane? 
Is it that insane? So who, who, who are these? Who are these? Uh, this is Courtney Vandersloot and Ali Quigley. Like, isn't that insane? <laughs> like, how big is that for like the LGBTQ plus community? Like, yeah. that's crazy that that you have a couple, a married couple. Yeah. But like, is that a story that's widely told? No. I guess so in a certain, from a certain extent, but that's a story that you could definitely tell. Um, yeah. Those types of things Now, if it impacts and can, can con- contribute in some aspect, in some way, I'd love to tell those stories. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, yeah, the, in terms of like the step-by-step method, I'm still just starting and I'm, I'm yeah. going to have to, you know, figure that out. Yeah. But I plan to, you know, really like get into it a little bit more soon, mm-hmm. um, especially like, you know, reaching out for freelancing opportunities, maybe in the Philippines also, although like uh-huh. I know I'm going to get paid a lot less. Yeah, 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 yeah. But is, is it a big goal of yours that you want to come back to the Philippines? No, to be honest. To be honest, you, no. You'll be totally... Um, I, I would love to work for the make NBA. an impact, but still... No, not, not even work for the NBA. Make an impact from here. Um, from the, I, I, I think you can. Like, writing about the Filipinos who are here. You have, you know, we have the number five ranked women's golfer in the world right now. Yeah. Like, Number five, um, and like how many people are, are paying attention to that? Not a lot, you know. We have our, we have boxers here. We have you know, eventually, hopefully within our lifetime, there's gonna be a basketball player here. We have basketball players here and playing in high school. So, yeah. um, I think there's still a lot of ways here. Um, TJ Manotok is here. Um, he's he's you know one of the legendary sports journalists. He's in, he's in LA. He's LA. based in, you know, he's based in, I think, San Francisco or LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like doing like ABS-CBN's um, chapter for the US. Uh, Aaron Ataide is here. Mm-hmm. Um, who, um, you know, so there's people who are going to be here and who can still make an impact for Filipinos. And I also feel like me being here is, a, is an opportunity to get Filipinos to know that, like, I want to be able to be like, a, hey, you guys I'm can come here and be journalists if oh. you want and, and do what you want to do. So I feel like that's another way that I can help too, just like how 3D was able to bring to, to mm-hmm. inspire people to yeah. do basketball there. So wow. that's that's definitely it. You're the third year of Van of Sports Journalism. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in these in in this sense, yeah. And that proves the point that you don't need to be in the Philippines to help the Filipino. And just because you're not in the Philippines doesn't mean you're turning back, turning your back. Like you're you're not just gonna for sure. You know how people say like the, the government loves the old the the government loves the OFWs because of the exchanger. Because what it does to the exchanger, like they bring in, they bring in a buttload of dollars. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Th- that's not the only way you can. Everything's so connected there now, eh? Like you don't, you don't, you could be working for a Philippine company from there. Like that is totally. And, and totally it's really just the power of like interviews, like I send this Zoom calls and stuff like this. Yeah. Like if I wanted to write a piece about the Filipinos, like I just need to get people, contact people, and from yeah. And talk to you know them like I can get into a call with basketball players and talk to them you know something that simple. Yeah, I want to ask this last few questions. Um, go ahead. You you mentioned how you had that talk with Michael last year, and then oh you you got your job, you had that talk, you applied for these schools, and that one school got you, and then you were accepted. When you look at how your life has turned out so far, and uh, and as you look. Forward. When you, when you look back at your life, do you feel like you were predestined to be where you are today, or 
Is it a coincidence? Did you manifest it? Like when you look at how you've reached where you are today in terms of reaching your goals, finding your career path, are you a believer of things just happening and you don't really have control or like you really, you really consciously took the steps to be here where you are today? Yeah, I, I, I think more of the latter. I, I, I don't romanticize it uh-huh. to be that way. Um, I, I'd say that there are definitely things that have had to happen in, you know, the the lore of of the world for uh-huh. me to to realize that this was how to get here. But if I had to, like, really say, um, I needed to to make this decision. Like that's how it is. Like okay. you said it yourself earlier. Like you need to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if you 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 know you made a romantic um, reference earlier, I'll I'll reference it to love also. Mm-hmm. Love is a choice. Love Kill. is a choice, bro. Mm-hmm. Like ultimately, it it's a choice. So mm-hmm. if you like you you made the choice for certain things. Now obviously things have to fall into place, just like yeah. how in a relationship. There has to be timing. There has to be, yeah. you know, proximity or things to that nature. That's the Oof. same thing with this. But I'd say that ultimately what will get you there is you and your own choice and your own commitment yeah. and dedication. Yeah. yeah. But I would say it's a combination. I think it's like in the same sense how from the theater dream it kind of translated to now this sports journalism. Yeah. Like things are going to happen around you in the universe. Um, but it's up to you on what you're going to do with those things that are happening, how you're going to react to the situations, the decisions yeah. that you make. But as a huge part of whatever you're going to end up doing is because of what's happening in the world right now. Because of yeah. COVID, you didn't need to take those yeah. tests. Like things happen. But if it's, it's not like this is the, and this is not the, the only choice. If COVID never happened and you'd be, pursuing another dream like I'll tell you this like Micah probably only thought about the sports thing because of COVID or I I, I wouldn't know that for sure don't quote me I, we could ask him but like he probably it probably stimulated in his mind because like his mind because yeah of the thinking he had through COVID and he wouldn't have told me if it wasn't for for that I wouldn't have known that and I that you know changed me but ultimately, I still made the decision to do something from that information. That yeah. first part was, you know, life and the, the factors that surround that are natural. The second part is me making that decision. So it's like, it's, it's really like balancing out. Yeah. Man. Anyway, I want to end with this. Your, your hoodie, it says Wildcats. Oh. Is, that, is that your school? Yeah, yeah, this is a Northwestern. You're the Northwestern. I'm wearing a hoodie now, not necessarily because I wanted to rep Northwestern here. Um, although Joe would but probably tato. be like, oh. I, I, I'm wearing it because it's like sing, it's it's like single di- almost single digit degrees now here in terms it's of Celsius. Celsius. Do you say, so, are you, have you, sorry, how do you, I can you, speak Fahrenheit now. Yeah, you can speak Fahrenheit now. Uh, I get do probably, you speak, I speak in Fahrenheit an Do you speak in feet I, what, what would yards metric system what, I know metric system they speak in feet and miles I want to commend you I want to I want to say first as a Thank friend you. I'm proud of you and I want to commend Thank you me. because to quote one of the most famous the second most famous wildcat Gabriella you went your own way man you went your own way with that <laughs> good job <laughs> uh, I want to acknowledge that you said it. I want to I want to I want to Reiterate this one because I, I really believe it's important. Is that you mentioned that you're scared. 
you're you're afraid. Like this thing is you're living alone. You're living alone, right? I'm living alone, yes. No, 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 no family there. Um, except probably Joe Barabas, probably family now. Luckily, um, I have cousins who live like three hours away, but you know, ah, okay. still, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, if, you're, yeah. if, you're, if you live in Metro Manila alone and you're like, no, I have a cousin three hours away, like, do you live alone? <laughs> That's what it means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, anyway, John, man, um, I want to thank you again and wish you the best of luck, man. And, and I wish you the best of luck too as you, as you, you know, toil through the Philippine struggles with COVID and dude, I, with your podcast. And, can and, you I know. say, man, I'm in a different place now from last year. Like, a lot of it is, like, good, like, mentally and, like, discover, you know, discover myself more. But I'm also realizing that, damn, man, this country, like, there is a... There's, it's tough, bro. There's a lot. But what I'd say is that I've had conversations with a lot of Americans about like the vaccine and why, like how bad it is that it's so widely available here and that what? they're just not distributing it in other yeah. countries. Well, it's 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 such a selfish thing, and even them, they're just like, you guys must hate us like that. Like there are people who so are saying that stuff. Get, then, yeah, for sure, yeah, for man. sure. Uh, Dude, you don't I, understand. Like it's uh-huh. it's normal here. Like. The only mean? thing that's not normal is that we wear masks indoors. But like it's normal. Like I walk around, I can I go outside every day. I, I walk around without a mask outside. Like I go to the supermarket all the time. Like it's but is it as safer? in the first because because 99.99% of people who are in the hospitals are unvaccinated. Like that's such a that's basically negligible. And if you're afraid of that 0.000, I don't make it political, but like if you're afraid of that, that's the same as like the flu or the pneumonia. Like that's it's already reached the point. People, are, people are still gonna die from the flu or pneumonia. Yeah. A lot of people are still dying, but they're unvaccinated. Like yeah. that's just it. So um that's why it's like it, I'm not afraid. I've been to sporting events and uh-huh. whatever, and like it sucks when people aren't wearing masks indoors. Like it's disrespectful, but I'm yeah. not afraid of it anymore. Um, I've gotten COVID tested after being in like sporting events and I'm like negative. So yeah. it's like, it's really, the vaccine really works. <laughs> it works. <laughs> I'm pretty and sure. it's just a matter of the politics here in the US and then the yeah. inability to bring it to third world countries. Yeah, that, that's the that's a consolation I have when I think of like, like that. Like, of course, I've had those thoughts. Like, what it would it be like if I moved or when I think of the states or something? But what has helped me be okay with this the Philippines the situation is everywhere. There's some there's some crazy shit happening everywhere. Like there is okay in the states. Must okay, young. I mean, things work. Public transportation is better. Like opportunities, but the people are different, and I feel like this. You just gotta just gotta grass water the grass where you're where you're standing and Ooh. that's the best that we can do, man. <sighs> Anything else you wanted to add, man? With in this in this journey that you are in and the point that you are in right now, we are recording this. Now it's October eight. Well, October seventeen. Let's still say October 17, 2021. It's very much October seventeen where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Any last thing you're gonna say? Any last thoughts that you wanna? put out in the ether and if you look at this conversation again years after as a I don't know I'm gonna say as a blank I'm not gonna jinx it what do you wanna say? Well uh, to be honest it's really just like like you take your shot like if you can like take your shot that's really it like I, I've learned 
throughout this last month that people freaking just cold call whoever to get what they want uh-huh. or email and it'll 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 happen so don't like we were very very conservative back home and there's a reason for that there's mm-hmm. good for that but i'm happy that i took my shot whatever happens at least i took it mm-hmm. and i think that more more people can, should be encouraged to try to take their shot like i've always admired that you're you you you've you know tried to push for what you wanted to do and you you're, you're doing it well so i think that you know that's part of why i decided to do that also that i could see people like you doing what you want to do so i think that take your shot and but also do it with, with, with you know some form of pragmatism but yeah. you know take a shot all right man so that's it thanks for guessing again here and we'll look forward to the next conversation Good. dude i am i'm really happy we got to catch up through this